0: And welcome to episode 24 of the Graph Golf Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Fairholm. Happy New Year to everyone. We're excited to start season two of the podcast. In 2022, we are going to three episodes per month, this being January's first episode. So excited to offer everyone more conversations. Some of them will be focused on our process here. At Graph, as we are developing a first of its kind smart golf ball and analytics platform. And some of those discussions will be about playing or watching the game because we are huge golf fans ourselves. And we are going to kick things off with a short episode exactly on that topic. Uh, the next two this month are going to be on a little bit on the longer side. So we're going to start with a short one here. I'm going to go through some bold predictions for the 2022 pga tour calendar year some of these are a little bit out there but come on they have to be bold we're we're swinging for the fences here and yes we will absolutely follow up on this at the end of the year to see how many of these actually happened that's an absolute must before we get to that, I just wanted to remind everyone that the launch of the Graph Golf Ball is in the works, and the best way to keep up with any updates we have is with our newsletter. So you can find that along with a lot more information at our website, graph.golf. You can also follow us on Instagram at graphgolf or email us at graph.gov. And I should also mention that in addition to the free podcast per month, we are moving to four articles per month as well. Uh, The next piece that will be published is How to Become a Better Bunker Player. I went through some of the fundamentals of bunker play in that article, and you can find that on our website under the club tab, along with a growing database of podcast episodes and articles. All right, let's get right into it. Here are some bold predictions for the PGA Tour in 2022. Prediction number one. There will not be a first-time major winner. Guys, we are starting with a red-hot bold take here. This has not happened since 2014 when the major winners were Rory Twice, Martin Keimer, and Bubba Watts, and all of them had won a major prior to that year. But prior to that, it was only done in 2000 when, guess who, Tiger Woods won everything except the Masters, which Vijay Singh won for the second of his three majors. Okay, why do I think this year will be one of the rare years without a first-time major winner? If you look at the last handful of years, a lot of top players have won their first major and are dying to add to that. Look at the list of guys who have already won a major at this point and are still near the top of the world rankings. John Rahm got a U.S. Open last year. Colin Morikawa has already won twice. Dustin Johnson has two at this point. Bryson won the U.S. Open in 2020. Justin Thomas has won, and he's dying to win one. His, his, his first one was in 2017. Both Rory and Spieth are in great form, kind of making a comeback, have a lot of momentum right now. Brooks Kepka is going to factor into one of my predictions in a second here. He is in awesome form and looks really healthy right now. Tell me, who would you be most worried about from the non-major winners at this point to actually win one I think the answer is probably Xander Shoffley or Patrick Cantlay, but it really drops off after that point. And look, I mean, Xander hasn't won a PGA Tour event in two years. Cantlay has consistently disappointed in majors to this point and really has not been much of a factor. So yeah, I, I like my team right now. I like my team of major winners to go for a sweep in 2022. Bold prediction number two. Brooks Kepka will win a major. In fairness, the guy has four majors, so maybe this isn't a crazy one, but since winning the 2019 PGA Championship, Brooks has really struggled late in major championships and hasn't been nearly as much of a factor as we are used to seeing. Guys, he looks healthy. He is not struggling with that knee injury like he has for much of the last couple of years. And from what I can see and what you hear him say when he talks about it, I think he really passes the eye test. In point blank, Brooks always shows up to majors, even if he hasn't been able to close recently. Just last year, he was runner up at the PGA, top five at the US Open and top 10 at the Open Championship. I don't even think he was really playing his necessarily his best golf for any of those tournaments. He just lives for majors. I think his health and his form are ready to match up once again. Mark it down, Brooks Kepka will win a major. I really like the U.S. Open or the PGA. He just seems to dominate at both of those events, loves the kind of the challenge of both of those tournaments. So mark it down, he will win one of those tournaments. Bold prediction number three. We're going to look at the other two majors now, and we are putting the house down on Jordan Spieth to win either the Masters or the Open Championship. I feel like you can basically pencil in Jordan for a top 10 at Augusta every single year. Last year, he had a horrid putting performance. He was ranked outside the top 50 of those who made the cut, could have easily won that tournament or put more pressure on Hideki Matsuyama. He had to settle for third in that tournament. And then the Open Championship, you know, he played well at St. Andrews in 2015, coming one stroke short of a playoff. and He was a runner-up to Morikawa last year at Royal St. George's. You just get the feeling with how comfortable he is with his golf swing right now. One of these two tournaments is going to fall his way. He has not won a major since 2017. We know the kind of the the roller coaster ride that he has been on since then. We we had a podcast episode dedicated to it. Go back and listen to that. But it just feels like the momentum has been building for him to get back into the w- winner's circle at a major. Let's mark it down: Jordan Spieth to win either the Masters. the Open Championship or maybe even both you never know. Bold prediction number four Tiger Woods will play and make the cut at the Open Championship. This one is pretty self-explanatory the Open Championship as we've said is at St. Andrews a place Tiger has won twice and greatly enjoyed over the years I think it's really important to note, St. Andrews is flat. It is flatter than Florida. It it is an easy walk uh, for someone who has so many back injuries and has really struggled with his health, obviously. That matters a ton uh, compared to a place like Augusta, which is a very difficult walk. I do think Tiger will probably be very cautious throughout this upcoming spring. Probably won't play too much. I would not be very optimistic for the Masters, but the Open Championship is not until July and he knows how to prepare and turn it on at just the right moment. It's not a long golf course, and he is still an elite iron player. Nobody is more creative than he is around that style of links, around that style of golf. I I think if he does play, even if it's one of only two or three starts the whole year, I think he plays and, and can make the cut. I'm not saying he's going to contend to actually win the tournament. That would be maybe the greatest story of all time uh, on top of what he's already done with the 2019 masters. But I do think he has a really good shot to make the cut there. Bold prediction. Number five, John Rahm not only stays number one in the world, but he adds to the margin between him and everyone else while also winning three tournaments. Rahm has absolutely no weaknesses and there just isn't a golf course or an environment out there that doesn't fit his game. He's going to be in the the mix to win almost every event that he plays in. Uh, you know, while I love Morikawa who is number two in the ranking right now. I think Ram is just far more consistent as a putter than Morikawa. And I don't see anyone else making a serious charge at number one. Uh, it seems to be a little bit of a, of a gap there even behind Morikawa uh, DJ has, has not really played fantastic golf recently Uh, We haven't really had that charge from a Justin Thomas or a Rory McIlroy recently for number one. So I think this is the year that Rom really takes command of that top spot, and he'll do so in fashion, I think winning three times. I think he is absolutely due to probably pick off another major uh, now that the floodgates have opened, now that he's won that U.S. Open. Bold prediction number six, Victor Hovland and Matthew Wolf will close the gap between the two of them and Morikawa. When these three guys came out on tour all at once, it felt like they were pretty even. There were a lot of debates going back and forth, which one's going to have the better career. I know I, you know, gave my answers at the time on many radio shows, you know, many publications. You know, of course we know now that Morikawa has two majors and 5 tour wins total. I'd like to say that I, I said back then that he would have the best career. I probably said Hovland, which who knows? You know, it could always turn out that way. But Morikawa to this point has been extremely impressive getting to number two in the world, uh, you know, picking up all those victories. And while I don't necessarily see Morikawa taking a big step back by any means, I just think that both Hovland and Wolf really announced their presence this year. I think both of them win maybe multiple times for each of them. Uh, both of them will climb the world rankings. Matthew Wolf is at number thirty as I record this, and Hovland is far more established at number seven. But I think Wolf ends up inside the top fifteen, and Hovland gets inside the top five by year's end. It's just too much talent not to be able to get to that level of the world rankings. And on the other half of the equation, I don't think Morikawa wins a major this year, which you know he's done the last two years. I think he finishes the year maybe ranked number three or number four in the world. Still a very good year, and I think he you know he could win one or two times and still have a great year, but not quite the level of separation from Hovlin and Wolf that we've seen recently. You know some of Morikawa's approach statistics this past year, where he's gaining a shot and a half every round over the competition, that is just very difficult to maintain that type of pace. He may be able to do it, but I don't know. That's that's a lot to ask. And I think he's been on, you know, the fortunate side to have caught fire with his putter a couple of times in major championships. I'm still worried about his putting overall. He's out to the top 100 in, in most PGA Tour stats that ran, you know, have have putting listed on there. Uh, I do think Hovland is every bit as good as Morikawa talent-wise. They don't have similar resumes right now. But I think the talent level is very close, and the resumes get a little bit closer together by year's end. Wolf is probably number three out of that threesome. I think that's probably a pretty, pretty fair thing to say at this point. But I do think that Wolf really does make uh, his presence felt this year. Bold prediction number seven: the Tour Championship and the twenty million dollar FedEx Cup money will come down to a three horse race between John Rahm, Justin Thomas, and Xander Shoffley. So the reason why this is a bold prediction, in my opinion, is that the Tour Championship is almost always a two-horse race by the end. There are only 30 players, and with the way the scoring is set up, the top-ranked player starts at 10-under, and it's staggered from there. So it really takes a lot for more than two players to be close to each other down the final nine holes of the Tour Championship. I am saying that we do get a year where there are three players vying for the title late on Sunday, you know, on one hand, I think we are just overdue for something like this to happen. So that's part of the reason why I think it's it's going to happen this year. Uh, you know, the past couple have kind of been snoozers. But on the other hand, I think JT has a lot to prove this year after a pretty miserable season in 2021. Outside of obviously a huge win at the Players, really besides that, it was not up to his standards. And Xander Shofley He's a massive fan of Eastlake where the, where the tour championship takes place. I think he will make a great run there on the weekend. Uh, it does seem like we're just due for, to, to have three guys kind of having a chance to, to win that money at the end. So mark it down. These three players will be battling down the stretch in Atlanta. Bold prediction number eight. Rival tours will continue to be more on the back burner than the front burner when it comes to players actually making moves. Look, there is a lot of talk out there about the Saudi Super Golf League. And a lot of people are convinced that players are going to jump ship at some point to take the money. And I just I don't think it's going to be that easy. The PGA Tour has increased their purses by a significant amount. And ultimately, I think the biggest factor more than anything is the best players in the world just want to play against the other best players. It's really that simple. Uh, I know it's kind of a cliche, but you, you ask any top player, that's that's their answer. In my mind, we are not going to get a full-on exodus of top players. Uh, they are comfortable in the PGA Tour. They know, you know, they know there are restaurants that every single stop. They know where they stay every single stop and they, they know their competition is elite. You know, more money is really not going to change very much for the top players. They, they want to play for prestige. They want to play for history, which is far more available to them on the PGA Tour. Yeah, I mean, you'll, you'll probably see a guy like Lee Westwood or Phil Mickelson, maybe one of the older guys. He's going to be more aggressive in trying to jump to a rival tour. But for the most part, I don't think any of it will generate meaningful traction this year. Uh, who knows? Down the line, I think there could be an, an opportunity. But for this year, I think the guys are going to pretty much stay put where they are bold prediction number nine. Every year, there is one guy who goes from being a relatively good player to coming up into the game's elite. Last year, for me, that was Patrick Cantlay. This year, it is Daniel Berger. Like If you look at all the strokes gain stats, Berger is clearly one of the top 10 players in the world. He has struggled with injuries earlier in his career. And it looks like he has just about everything sorted out at this point. Expect a huge year from him. I I think he just do at this point with, with everything that he's been able to do, how consistent he's been in the past couple of years. I think we're talking two wins, maybe some top finishes and big events as he goes from number 19 in the world to a top 10 player in the world, establishing himself as a star, just like Cantlay did this past year. Expect some really big things from Daniel Berger. Okay, last one here, bold prediction number 10. America ends the year with 12 players in the top 15 of the world. So we saw the American dominance in the Ryder Cup at Whistling Straits, and I think that will continue in terms of world rankings. Right now, there are 11 Americans within the top 15. That is a ton of guys already. That's more than historically uh, that that there usually are in there. But I say they end up with 12. There are just so many good U.S. players right now. It is ridiculous. You know what? I'm going to list off all the 12 right here that I think are going to end the year in the top 15. We'll see how close I can get to by the end of the year. Some of these are obvious, but towards the end, maybe not so obvious. Colin Morikawa Dustin Johnson, Patrick Cantlay, Bryson DeChambeau, Xander Shoffley, Justin Thomas, Brooks Kepka, Matthew Wolfe, Daniel Berger, Jordan Spieth, Tony Finau. And then the three non-Americans you may be asking, John Rahm, of course, I just said he's going to be number one in the world, so obviously he's going to be in the top 15. Victor Hovland, who I said is going to be in the top five, so I'll, of course add his name in there. And Rory McIlroy, I think, you know, right now he's in the top 10. I think he stays there. I think he really has kind of turned things around recently. Uh, Seems like he's in a good place mentally, which is very important for him. Uh, So I'm going to have him in my top 15 as well. All right, those are my bold predictions for 2022 on the PGA Tour. This pod was just a quick hitter to get you ready for the calendar year in golf, and it should be a really exciting one given how many players are hungry to add to their add to their legacies this year. Do you love these predictions? Hate these predictions? Let us know all about it. Once again, you could email us at theclub@graph.golf or DM us on Instagram at graphgolf. We'd love to hear from you, but either way, you will hear from us again next Monday. We're going to be breaking down exactly what a smart golf ball is and how it can improve your game. So make sure to tune in for that episode next Monday, January 17th. We will see you again then. Cheers.